Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with Soso. Be sure to follow the show on all streaming platforms, guys. That's right. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, and we're on Google Podcasts. So make sure to hit that like button, that subscribe button, and that follow button. This week, I'm rocking solo, but things don't change. I cover the heat for you guys. I also break down the NFL playoffs and give you some winners. And I also give you some insight on tonight's Conor McGregor fight. Let's go. until you get that second win and start the streak man damn the heat needed that win bad y'all we needed that shit bad uh we had lost back-to-back games to the 76ers and then we lose the first of the doubleheader against the pistons and i don't know about you guys but me personally bro i i i kind of struggled with seeing the heat play this bad and especially coming off of performance from last year right we made the finals everybody was really hyped about the team and and we were missing dragon and how close we came and we all kind of expected a big push in the beginning of the season but we haven't got that you know the heat are off to a rough start this year we're below 500 currently six and seven uh but at the last time we recorded we had lost that game against the pistons uh, 120 to 100 and it was just an ugly game right it was just an ugly game the heat didn't look like they were really playing with everything they had but then we had that back-to-back matchup the second game of the doubleheader against the pistons and we were able to actually break the losing streak which was super important um, we got to see performances by people who were kind of forgotten right and you guys know who I'm talking about, obviously. You guys know I'm talking about Kendrick Nunn, right? Um, he had a surprise game. He showed out. He shot 9 of 15 from the field. Uh, he only missed one free throw, 10 of 11. Uh, put in 11 rebounds and 5 assists with a total of 28 points and really showed the Heat fans what we've been waiting for when it comes to him because he kind of disappeared in that second stretch of the season last year. And, and even when we needed him in the bubble, when Dragon went down and, and spoke gave him some minutes, he really didn't look like he had the confidence in himself and really be a part of a winning formula. And I don't know what it was, but something woke up inside Kendrick Nunn and reminded him of how good he is and how good he can be. And he just showed out in that Pistons game. Um, like I said, 28 points. There was no Jimmy, no hero. Uh, at the end of the game, we had a real clutch play by Bam getting that block on jeremy grant with 31 seconds left and it really changed the 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 game outlook for us because for me personally i almost felt like damn bro we're gonna lose this game again and these guys are gonna find a way to make a comeback but thankfully bam stepped up he's been clutch defensively for us a lot of games and he was able to pretty much seal the victory and and lock it down and and break that losing streak for us which we needed it, uh, which was the weird. The whole game was kind of weird, actually, because I don't know if you guys know this. The game was supposed to start at 3 p.m. originally, and then it got pushed back to 8, eight o'clock tip off because of COVID testing. Uh, we know that Jimmy had missed the game, contract tracing. Uh, Hero was out with an injury. A couple of other guys weren't playing, and the NBA decided to push it back uh, on Martin Luther, Luther King Day. And, and for makes sense because it worked out. You know, a lot of people got to see the Heat play on a national tv slot time which is eight o'clock which can't be mad at that uh 
And more importantly, we won. So the next day we knew what was coming, right? Everybody knew what was coming, right? Pizza mañana. Yeah, man. Pizza mañana, Papa John's. Um, Duncan. I, I got to give a shout out to Duncan, man, because he made 326 three-pointers in his first 100 games. Now, let me tell you guys how significant that is, not only for himself, but also for the Heat culture and, and how we play, right? Um, Luka Donovic, uh, the badass from Dallas, he was actually the record holder, and he had 253 pointers made within 100 games, in his first 100 games. Duncan outshined that guy by almost 76, by exactly 76 three-pointers. He is such an important piece of this heat offense and i know i i I burn them personally for not being what we need defensively or not being to that level but what that kid is bringing to us offensively and and just being automatic literally automatic from three-point range is a great weapon and i really hope that we keep him for as long as we can we know that the offseason is gonna be where we make some moves right we're gonna have cap space we're gonna have some players that are leaving as free agents and we're going to be looking to upgrade the roster and, and maybe get a star player or two. But I'm really hopeful that Duncan knows who were the people that an organization that had his back and really gave him the opportunity so he can come back and keep providing this deadly three-point shooting at a discount rate, right? Because we, we love discounts and we know that Pat Riley loves him some discounts. Um, the Heat were able to keep that momentum going, though, and they were able to get another victory. So now we got two wins back-to-back. We beat Toronto 111 to 102. And at the time of recording, we're actually getting ready to play them tonight. And hopefully we can make it a three-game winning streak, right? Because Toronto hasn't been its absolute best. Uh, we've seen Siakam have really good games and disappear at times with with some of his problematic streaking when it comes to shooting. Um, Kyle Lowry is another one that he he's very up and down. Uh, but when that team is firing on all cylinders, Van Fleet, uh, Siakam, and Lowry, we know how dangerous that team can be, and they can be a really good team. Uh, the Heat did a really good job of, of overcoming another fourth quarter comeback and beating Toronto. Uh, none again, showing us that he may be back for real, for real, with another great, great game. He shot 9 of 12, very efficient, 4 of 6 from 3, 6 of 6 from the free throw stripe. My man put in 8 rebounds, 5 assists, had 5 turnovers, but he still had a higher plus minus than almost everybody else on the Heat squad. And again, he finished with 28 points. So back-to-back games where he had provided a high offensive output, which we needed, especially with guys like Jimmy out and more importantly, Hero out, because we know that Hero's been really carrying the, the load when it comes to scoring. For the Heat defense, it was nice to see them play this way because we shut them down for long stretches of periods throughout the game, right? The the Heat went to the zone, and Spo was switching back and forth between man defense and the zone defense. And it worked because it really threw off Toronto's game plan, and they relied more on the three-point ball, which is not their strength. And I think they ended up missing like 23 three-pointers or 30 31 three-pointers, something ridiculous high because that's not, again, there's, they shot a lot of threes because we forced them, right? We, we gave them those quote-unquote open looks in the zone defense, 
But really what we're doing is putting the ball in one of their best worst shooters' hands and forcing them to make a decision with it. Spo worked it out perfectly. Um, we needed that victory bad. Bam continues to play consistent for us. Uh, another double-double, 6 of 14 from the field, 2 of 2 from the free throw, 13 rebounds, including 5 offensive rebounds with 7 assists and 14 points. This man is starting to become a... Uh, uh, a complete player and i know that we all want to see bam make that jump to averaging that 21 22 23 points per game i feel like it's coming close because he's working a lot more on his handles we've seen that and if you follow heat twitter and heat on instagram you always see him working on that but most importantly is the secret weapon is the jump shot he's used it really to be effective this year in drying out defenders and showcasing what he can do by putting the ball on the floor with his dribbling uh, skills but it all starts with people respecting his jump shot right now he's shooting a career best 62 percent from the field a career best 62 percent from the field and this is only improving because yes he's getting more lobs and he's dunking the ball a lot more right because we're one of the best teams when it comes to the pick and roll action but it also is a testament to his jump shot and how he's using that more as an offensive weapon in order to allow himself to get better looks down the down the stretch, right? When when guys are tired or pe he's already made two, three shots, people, the big men, more importantly, have to come out and defend them. And then he can use those dribbling skills to get right by them, get to the rim, and, and most and often finish with a dunk, which is amazing. Um, he has a couple of posterizing dunks this season, and... We just know that with his talent, him being around the rim is where he can be the most dangerous. But we know that if he adds that shot to that uh, paint appearance or that paint presence that he has, this kid's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal player and hopefully one day an MVP candidate if he keeps it up. Uh, tonight, like I said, we got the rematch with Toronto. I'll let you guys know what the results of this was on Instagram Live. You guys will know, obviously, when you're hearing it tomorrow. But regardless... We're going to keep the streak rolling. The Heat are playing Toronto. We're going to beat them and hopefully come home and get a good home stretch going off. But something else that I wanted to bring up to you guys, if you're listening to the show and if you're catching us on Instagram at Sports with Soso Podcast and on Twitter at Sports with Soso, you know that your boy picked four winners last week when it came to the NFL playoffs. You guys know that, right? Four winners. That's right. I hit on all four picks, picked the packs, picked the bucks, Pick the Bills and the Chiefs. And even though the Chiefs didn't cover, everybody else covered and essentially won their bets. So, gamblers, you're welcome. Um, the Chiefs would have probably uh, reached that peak or reached that, that, that line, that betting line, had Mahomes stayed in the game. Um, he got knocked out. We saw an appearance by one of Dolphins' favorites quarterbacks ever, Chad Henney, the, <laughs> the Henney Meister. Uh, it was nice to see this guy that, A, he's still in the league, right? Because I'm sure a lot of Dolphins fans forgot about him. But it was also see him nice to see him come in to a game, right, with very minimal preparation and just basically take care of it and win it for the Chiefs. The Chiefs had already a lead and they had already put the Browns on their kind of heels by running the ball and being effective with their first downs. But once Mahomes is out, uh, you got to kind of like start from scratch. And luckily enough for the Chiefs, uh, I, I think they did a good job of, of just maintaining, maintaining their lead and maintaining their possession and just ultimately grinding out the win against the Browns. They ended up beating them 22 to 17, ending the Browns Cinderella story. Uh, like I said, 
it would have been not as close had Mahomes been knocked out. But things happen. It's football. And that honestly gave the Browns a chance to make it a comeback. And luckily, like I said, for the Chiefs, Henny was able to hold himself down and hold the Chiefs down and, and get them into the AFC Championship game. Now, the team that they're going to be facing in the AFC Championship game is the other team that I picked, the Buffalo Bills. They beat the Ravens pretty pretty dominantly, I want to say, 17-3. And I want to say dominantly because the Bills defense really showed who's the better team, right? Uh, both quarterbacks didn't have their best days, right? But when it came down to who's going to make the first mistake, Josh Allen didn't make that first mistake. It came, it happened to uh, Lamar Jackson, and it actually cost him the game because it, it was an untimely interception in the fourth quarter, essentially putting all and any hopes of making it a, a game away for Baltimore. But I kind of knew that Buffalo was the better team because of how even they are, right, on offense, defense, and special teams. They don't really have a lot of weaknesses until they face a, a, a better team or somebody who has a better quarterback or more experienced quarterback. Uh, like, for instance, Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers showed a lot of veteran swag and leadership by whooping up on the on the Rams. They destroyed them pretty dominantly, 32-18. to 18. Uh, This is actually going to be the first NFC championship that Aaron Rodgers plays at home, which is crazy to me because of, again, the MVPs, the Super Bowl this guy has, and the good teams that the Packers have had over the, the, the years. But this is going to be the first time that they're actually hosting a, a game, a championship game and in Rodgers' career. And I don't know if they're going to be ready for that because the team that they're going to be playing, uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. They're going to be gunning for that that Super Bowl, you know. Uh, Bucks and and Brady, they ended up Drew Brees' season along with the Saints season in, uh, in a duel, right? It was a duel because, you know, we know that those guys were going to go back and forth. Uh, it was really special to see two of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever played the game uh, still going at it at this stage in their careers, being older, older guys and, and – you know, holding the fort down for the AARP members who still want to play football. But I really like that Breeze went out like he wanted to go out, right? If he's going out. There's a lot of talk about him retiring or whatnot, but I'm not sure if he's going to retire because, again, uh, he had a, a bad game. He had a couple of turnovers, mostly not his fault. Uh, the defense didn't really do anything to to stop the Bucks, and he was playing with her players. You know, we didn't we know that Kamara wasn't hundred percent. We saw the story after the game break out about Michael Thomas needing surgeries on three different injuries that he was playing with, um, all for the sake of Drew Brees and hoping and that they can make a play a Super Bowl run. It didn't work out for them, but that just shows the heart that this team has. Uh, the Saints behind Drew Brees, and I don't think it's going to be the last time that we see him. Uh, but if it is the last time we see him, he definitely had a great Hall of Fame career. I think he's one of the greatest, especially being undersized and not drafted high and all the issues that he dealt with in San Diego before going to New Orleans. And I just think he's had a hell of a career, and he's a hell of a guy. If he went out, he went out like he should have gone out, like a warrior on his shield. Uh, if not, we know he's coming back with a vengeance. But Brady gets to move on and face the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, which is kind of interesting because this is the first time that Brady is going to meet Rodgers in the playoffs. And it just so happens to be for a game that decides who goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, no pressure. Psych. Tons of pressure. Uh, I really don't think that that the Bucks have a chance. And here's why, right? We know that Antonio Brown is not going to be available for the Bucks. Uh, 
that's already one less weapon that Brady has, and he's probably the 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 weapon that Brady feels the most comfortable with, aside from Gronk. But we know that Gronk isn't who he used to be before, right? The ages, the injuries that caught up for him, being out of football for a little bit, caught up with him. He's not that same threat. Is he a threat? Oh, of course. But he's not the same old Gronk. So the person that Tom Brady had the most rapport with, which is Antonio Brown, is going to be missing. I just feel like that's going to make Brady uh, force a couple more throws, right, to try to fit into windows where he can't get. And that's what's going to ultimately cost him the game. Because with between Rodgers and Brady, the, the key factor for me in this game is the turnover. Who's going to be the first one to make the turnover that costs their team some points, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal? You always want to avoid that if you're the team on the road. So it's going to be interesting to see how Brady and the Bucks go into that game plan against the Packers. Uh, but my gut feeling is that it's going to become a, a quarterback duel. And Rodgers is going to end up on top because he's going to be the one that makes the least amount of mistakes as opposed to Brady. So if you're listening to the show and you've been making your picks and making your bets, I'm taking the Packers. They're a three and a half favorite at home. Again, I just really think that Rodgers is on a mission. I know Brady's on a mission as well to make it to the Super Bowl, but he doesn't have a replacement waiting on the wings like Aaron Rodgers does. Uh, I really feel like Aaron Rodgers is out to prove something to the fans, to his organization, and to anybody who even had a, smite, a small, small doubt about his talents and whether he was starting to get to that age where he can't hang, hang anymore. You know what I mean? I really got the Packers winning this game. Uh, I'm going to have them covering the points as well. The next matchup, and who the Packers are going to be playing in the Super Bowl is the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sorry, Bills fans. I'm really sorry. I really think you guys had a great year, and you are the third best team in the NFL, right behind those two teams, the Chiefs and the Packers, because I, I really do think if you guys were playing the Bucs, you would, the Bills would kick the Bucs' ass. Um, unfortunately for the Bills, they're not playing the Bucs. They're playing the Chiefs, who just happened to have had – uh, a, a, an embarrassment of a game against the Browns because they really felt like that was going to be their coming out party and fire on all cylinders and put up a bunch of points and really get back into the, I don't I don't want to say the good graces of the fans, but back to that dominating force that they had when they made their Super Bowl run last year. Um, the Bills are, are an interesting team because they make things difficult for opposing quarterbacks, and I know they're going to make things difficult for Mahomes. They're going to try to get at him. They're going to try to hit him, and that's one of the keys to the game for me. How many times do they get to Mahomes? Can they force him into turnovers? Can they force him into getting rid of the ball quickly? Uh, I, I, I don't see it because I feel like the more you come at Mahomes and the more blitzers you send and all this stuff, he just turns it up a notch and finds the guy that you didn't want him to find. And that's his special ability. So I, I really see don't see this one being a, a quarterback duel. This was going to probably be a lot lower scoring than than the other game between the Bucks and the Packers. But the Chiefs being uh, favorites at home, I got to roll with the Chiefs. They're minus three favorites. Uh, I'm sorry, Vic. I'm sorry to all the Buffalo fans I know. But I got to pick the winners, and the winners are going to be the Chiefs. Uh, like I said, I, I think the the Chiefs are the better team when they play with pressure, right? 
and they may be behind in this game early because Josh Allen is 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 a legit quarterback and he's going to come out and put points on the board. That's going to put more pressure on Mahomes to just ball out even more and remind everybody like, hey, this is the Super Bowl MVP you guys are talking about here. Let me show you what's up. And I feel like that's how the game's going to go. And we'll see, right? If, if you guys don't like it, you guys can always comment on the picks and comment on the Instagram and let me know what you think of my picks or if I'm costing you guys money or if I'm making you money. Another money fight this weekend, but I'm not laying down anything on it, is Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier in the lightweight division. Uh, this is the second time that these guys are going to be fighting. The first time they fought, they picked, they fought at featherweight, which is 145 pounds. This time it's at lightweight, 155 pounds. Both of the guys weighed in okay. Uh, McGregor came in at 155. Poirier came in at 156. And as you guys watch this fight tomorrow and, and you're listening to this or watch the fight tonight and as you guys are listening to it today, I want you guys to remember one thing. There's a lot of mutual respect between these two guys. But I don't want you to, to think for one second that they don't want to rip each other's head off because they know that whoever wins this fight is probably going to be dominating the division for the next two, three, four years. And everything that I've been hearing about Dustin is he's wanted this comeback fight. He's wanted to show everybody in this division that he's the real killer. He came up there to work on it and really study his opponents and become the king of the lightweight division. This is going to be McGregor's third fight in the lightweight division. Uh, the last one he had in the lightweight division, we all know what happened. He lost to Khabib, and he got dominated. So now I feel like there's also added pressure on Conor to, A, really make good with the UFC and promote the show and be the showman that he is, right, to attract the fans. But I also think it, he has a big, big responsibility to perform and to show people that, okay, forget all the flashy shit. I'm back to my knocking fools out and dominating the division that I'm in. It's going to be a great fight. If you ask me, I really, really don't think it's going to be close, but I got Connor winning by a decision because I think it's just going to go five rounds because these guys are going to, the will of these two warriors to not give in to the other man is going to supersede anything else that's happening in that fight. And I really just see it going five rounds and Connor pulling out with the decision. Now, as you guys may have noticed, my boy Joel isn't here. Uh, we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, but it's all good. We'll be back next week to record another episode for you guys. But I wanted to give you his pick so you guys can follow along. Uh, Joel's digging the Packers too, man. He really feels like I feel about Aaron Rodgers being the MVP and most importantly, the Packers being the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, but on the other side, in the AFC Championship, he's taking the Bills. So Bills fans, you got your warrior. Joel's riding with the Bills. And in the Connor fight, we're both on the same page. We both think that Connor's going to win. I got it by decision. He has it by knockout. Hopefully, we get to see some fireworks. As usual, everybody, I want to thank you guys for listening. Remember, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Sports with Soso. And the show, follow us, subscribe to us, and like the show, guys. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're now on all streaming platforms. So you can share it with your friends and your family. And make sure that if you know a sports fan who likes sports and wants to talk about Miami sports, they're listening to Sports with Soso. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.